Like we always say, when pop culture past becomes pop culture present, we've got you covered. Well, that's still the case, but this episode's a little bit different. Normally, our show takes a look at current pop culture and reflects on how we got here. Then we try to navigate the influences that shape everything we love, and some things we don't. But this is an in-between episode. So we're going to peek into our lives, talk about our current obsessions, and even talk about an adventure or two. Stick with us for this in-between episode. I hope you'll enjoy it. This is Way Back Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting across from me is Preston Bird. Preston, how's it going? <laughs> I'm, good. I'm pretty good, man. Uh, this is it's kind of getting easier and easier the further we go into this podcast journey together. I like mm-hmm. it, and I think that this episode uh, shows how easy that has become, <laughs> <laughs> or how lazy we've become. <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, I think so. Part of the cool thing about this is, uh, you know, I think. A decent bit of our listeners know who you are. They maybe remember me on a couple episodes of Game Room Junkies also, right, Uh, from Console Corner. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also a lot of people that have been listening to the show that um, don't know who we are at all. So I figured that this episode is going to be cool because it gives them a chance to kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit, see us letting our hair down and being all comfy and yeah uh some nice comfy robes maybe get to know us a little bit more mm -hmm. and give us a little bit of personality yeah so if you are a regular listener to the show you know that normally we pick a topic that has become relevant again Mm -hmm. in current pop culture we do a little deep dive on its history and look at you know what the new take is on that property or relevance in pop culture this time we're not doing any of that we're kind of just Shooting the breeze, um, introducing ourselves a little bit, and talking about, like I said in the intro, some of our current obsessions or some recent adventures we have. So if you don't know me, my name is Preston Burt. Um, I am the former host of the Game Room Junkies podcast, which I did successfully for eight years. Um, It was a podcast that focused on arcade and pinball machines originally and expanded a little bit here and there. But uh, what I love about that is it's kind of what set me on the path to... Um, here in Atlanta form uh, a pinball league which uh, evolved into uh, the Southern Fried Gaming Expo so I'm a convention organizer now um, and I've been doing that for uh, coming up on seven years so we have the seventh annual Southern Fried Gaming Expo in Atlanta July 10th through 12th 2020 Um, check out our website and you can see some of our, our our past pictures and videos and things like that um and uh, you may have heard on other episodes, I'm a family man, uh, have two wonderful daughters and a great wife. Uh, I have a long history of being a geek, and so that kind of informs a lot of my life choices now. I don't tend to live in the past, but um, I do have a fondness for it. Yeah, and my name is Brian Grantham, again. And, uh, you know, I have not done quite as much in the public eye as Preston has. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I have done, uh, a lot of different things throughout my life. I've lived a pretty full one. Uh, oh my word. Like 
from recreational stuff. I've always been active in like growing up. I was always active, uh, just doing, I, 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 so I have ADHD and so it's hard for me to focus on one thing. And so I bounce around a lot from thing to thing. Right. So I've worked every job that you could possibly think of. Um, I have, uh, I, my most fun fact for you, mm -hmm. Brian Grantham gymnast. Well, not only that, but I, one of my jobs was I coached gymnastics for a while. Yeah. Boom. And so, uh, that's usually something that I throw out there. Uh, you know, I've done everything. I've uh, tap danced. I was I was into ballet, tap, and jazz for a while. Did theater stuff. Uh, I've I've done all kinds of things. And um, when I was uh, like third and fourth grade, actually, I guess I did this for a little bit longer. Probably through sixth grade, from like third to sixth grade, uh, we had a um, a really nice uh, like stereo setup in like an entertainment center that we had. And we had a microphone. And so what I used to do is I would record just the radio. And anytime someone talked, I would record myself on top of it being like, hey, you're listening to Brian Radio. And that was Warren's Sweet Cherry Pie coming up next. And I would just do the whole thing. <laughs> and it would be me and my friends doing it. And so this kind of like, this is like something that that led into this, right? Yeah, it's so a progression. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I, I've done all kinds of stuff. I've, I've been all over the world. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, so going with, uh, I, I guess the first time I did a podcast thing was, uh, with, uh, Preston came to me one time and said, Hey, uh, I'm really into video games. And so he said, Hey, you know, why don't you come and do something on game room, uh, junkies with me called console corner. And I said, okay, cool. So we did that for a while. Um, I've been on other podcasts, uh, where I talked about the Southern fried game room expo or uh, gaming expo because um i do the console coordination there for that and so um i've gone on other podcasts and and talked about that whole thing and and kind of talked about the show in general and um so yeah so yeah that's a little bit about you me. know with your uh with your podcast history with me people might think that you are are just uh knowledgeable about games but that is not the case um even though you are professionally involved in the gaming industry and do love playing games you know, we had uh, similar pop culture nostalgia. Mm -hmm. um, you know a lot about stuff uh, from when we were kids, and I love talking to you about that. And looking around your house, I see some of the same things that jog my memory of childhood and, and the different pop culture loves that we share. So, yeah, we have a commonality, and I thought it made sense for us to do a podcast together. We've been friends for a number of years, ever since you reached out to me anonymously on a forum and said, mm -hmm. hey, can I come play your games? I was like, sure, well, stranger from the yeah, internet. To be fair, that's not exactly what happened. I said, hey, is there anywhere in town? I'm new to, I'm new to the area. Is there anywhere in town to play games? And you said, yeah, come over to my house. And the greatest thing about that was, uh, so so I reached out to you and I asked you that. And you said, uh, yeah, we talked a little bit. And then you said, well, why don't you come over to the house? So I said, okay. And at the time, your um, your avatar was the game room junkies logo right uh -huh. and i was like i wonder what that is so i i looked it up and saw it and so i listened to a couple episodes and i was like oh that's funny that that's probably this guy and so the first time i went over to your house uh patrick with the other co-host from game room junkies he was there like it's <laughs> so like, funny it's so weird i was these, like what do these guys do <laughs> well, he, so he introduced me and i was like oh yeah from game room junkies right and he was like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was probably so weird <laughs> but it, it was it was fun oh yeah that's great this morning we found a tape in our dropbox it was a tape of a murder shot on video
town has a strange preoccupation with violence. But the only thing we seem to rent are gory horror movies. Ah, uh, so um, this episode, I-, I thought we could talk a little bit about what we've been doing lately. And I'll start off just because I probably have more to talk about than you um, because this is my idea. But um, our first episode of the podcast had to do with creep show and mm-hmm. i i wanted to work this in there so bad because i just want to talk about it and it's my it's partly one of my current obsessions um and it had a little tie to creep show mm-hmm. but i just ultimately didn't think it it fit into the episode the episode was already way too long um but so for those of you who may follow me on social media uh i am a rare bird in that i am an avid collector of vhs tapes mm-hmm which is a dead media. Uh, there's really no reason to collect these things that are, you know, uh, magnetic tapes that can demagnetize and, you know, devolve over time. But there is an interest there for me because I have a fondness for video stores from my past. I have managed a blockbuster um, for a number of years in college. And there are movies that are hard to find and never existed on anything other than mm-hmm. video cassette. Well, I uh, got to go to my first VHS swap meet um, uh, beginning of October. So can can I ask you a question? Yes. So at these swap meets, is it only retail VHS that that you can swap? Or do people bring fines that they get like in different places like Salvation Army or whatever where it's just recorded TV? Well, so you ask like this – well, I, I don't have any other experience than this, mm-hmm. so I really can't generalize. But uh, uh, this one, it was um, <clears throat> it was organized by uh, Lunch Meat VHS, which has a notable social media presence and has had for years, uh, mm-hmm. a big fan of the VHS genre. So it was organized, and this was the first time uh, in anybody's memory that I spoke to in Atlanta, where uh, the metro Atlanta is where we live, um, <clears throat> that they've had one of these swap meets. And this was held at the Plaza Theater in conjunction with a screening of uh, video violence. I think, oh man, I'm blanking on that right now. I think that's what it's called. It's a filmed on video horror movie that's really bad. It should have been for VHS, the horror movie. Oh yeah, but that's too new. That's too new. This is this is vintage, man. This was oh, filmed okay. back in the day. It was yeah, um, and it was at the Plaza Theater, which is the um maybe longest running continuously running theater in georgia it's Mm -hmm. been around since the 30s it's really really cool um so in the lobby there they had tables set up for people to um vend and and sell their merch uh before the the screening of this film and so people just brought their collections um the guys behind videodrome which is a surviving video rental store in downtown Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually brought some VHS too. Now those guys, video drums, a great store, uh, especially if you're, you know, a movie fanatic. Um, they, they vend, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays, mm-hmm. but they actually, the proprietors still had some VHS that they collected personally and brought that. And so you could buy the vintage stuff. There were some bootleg things there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was also a vendor, and I'm blanking on his social handle right now, but there was a vendor who designs uh, retro covers for new movies. Um, and so you can buy like art pieces basically for 
the latest horror movies like Get Out or something mm-hmm. that has a, a VHS cover box to it. That's cool. So yeah, it was really, really fun. Um, it was a chance to get to meet uh, some fellow tape heads as we're known and um, pick up some things from my collection. I actually I had a chance to meet a friend, uh, a, a, well, a gentleman who became a friend uh, in the VHS scene who uh, I had met once before and bought a bunch of tapes off of. Um, he's actually moving, and so he was getting rid of even more tapes. So he <laughs> sold his wares there mm-hmm. and then was basically like, oh, whatever I've got left, was, here you go. Here's a box of like 40 tapes for 20 bucks. Um, but most of all, excitedly now, I think I've shown you in person, is that I now own a set piece from Stranger Things. Did I tell you about this? I don't think so. No? Mm-mm. Well, good. I, I think I pur- maybe I purposely held it for an episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stranger Things Season 3, spoiler alert, at the very end, there is a scene wherein Steve... Um, goes to the video store to apply for a job. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, mm-hmm. with um, with Robin, mm-hmm. and in that video store are videotapes supplied by my new friend. Um, he actually knows some of the guys who I guess were set dressers for that for that production, and so they knew they needed videotapes. They knew this guy had thousands, mm-hmm. and so they they got six hundred of his. They specifically asked for a, for a few that they wanted to feature. And it's funny, even though he had 600 tapes, only a few of them actually made it in the shots that show up in the movie or in, in the series. And one of the few tapes that you can see, because there are six copies of it and there's a poster out front, is Firestarter. Okay. So I now own a screen-used Firestarter VHS that was used in Stranger Things season three. Did you get it certified? I did not. But hey, you know, this is not something I'm going to sell. <laughs> it's just a cool conversation piece. Um, but it, I was able to pick it up from him at that show there uh, as my appreciation uh, in addition to to money for the tapes. I also gave him a, uh, I know he's an action fan, so I gave him a, uh, a promotional banner for the Van Damme classic use that term loosely hard target Mm. that was like a six foot banner Mm -hmm. with grommets that people could hang in a video store so uh it was fun to be able to get to meet other folks like i said and to be a part of like the first organized meetup here in atlanta um if you follow me on social at squared stiff i will uh probably share more vhs knowledge than you are interested in but uh it's one of my current obsessions so what do you think it is about vhs that that you are attracted to. So what's funny is I don't even really watch them. Uh-huh. I mean, I do some, uh-huh. but mostly it's just the collection and connecting to the visual of the box art. Mm-hmm. You know, the artistic style is something I really appreciate, the aesthetics of it. Uh, it transports me back to being a kid and just walking the aisles um, and, and being transfixed by, like, you know, these certain images, especially the horror stuff mm-hmm. that seem, like, ghastly or gruesome or macabre or tantalizing at the time um what uh, i was gonna say how old were you did you how old were you when you got your first personal vhs player uh personal i don't remember um you know everything i had a tv in my room when Mm -hmm. i was uh, probably 12 Mm -hmm. uh and i must have had a vhs player at that time too so probably 12 years old yeah did you ever 
Did you use it to record stuff or just watch stuff? I don't remember recording stuff much myself. I know I, I, uh, I know I eventually did, but my family was huge in recording stuff. So I grew up, um, growing, going back to, uh, familiar tapes that we had recorded off a TV as a child. Mm -hmm. If you, um, if you check out our YouTube, there's actually a couple of clips that I've ripped off of some personal VHS tapes that we had where we recorded, uh, you know, Disney Sunday night movies. And, and so a lot of, a lot of fondness I have for certain movies involve the commercials and watching the same ones that we recorded off of Chicago television in 1987. So Mm. I have a a stack of tapes that like Mr. Boogity was uh, a Halloween (laughs) favorite of my sisters and myself. Um, so yeah, it's that familiarity and, uh, you know, just a little bit of nostalgia. And now I will say part of the fun, one of the reasons I collect VHS Mm -hmm. is it is a low level of entry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very cheap, right? If you were looking for a hobby that is cheap, VHS is your friend, uh, because at Goodwill, which is one of the more expensive ones, I mean, you can find tapes for a dollar, right? Other places for, for a dollar. And so I've actually raided um, old video stores where it's four for a dollar or, you know, bulk pricing or whatever. And you just get to pull like a kid in the candy store. And it's a thrill of the hunt because some of these tapes that you can f- still find at Goodwill, um, because there's so few people out there that are knowledgeable that are actively collecting, um, you can, you know, pick up a tape for a dollar and it's can sell on the collector market for 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the accessibility to still be able to find those. And, and do that. That's pretty cool. My favorite thing about VHS tapes uh, was also like for Christmas one year, I specifically asked for a VHS player for my own room. <clears throat> and cause I, I probably got a TV in my room like around second grade. Um, mm, That's pretty, man, that's maybe that's young. Well, so I always try to think of where I lived at the time. That's where I do that. Associate. Yeah. And maybe, I know, so I know I had one in fifth grade. I okay, it was it had to be fifth grade because in third grade I was in Birmingham, third and fourth grade, and I did not have a TV in my room then. Um, so fifth grade, so I had a TV in my room in fifth grade, and then in sixth grade I asked for a VHS player uh, because my favorite thing about VHS tapes is the ability to put a piece of scotch tape over that little square and Uh record whatever you want on it Uh right and um so i did i did movies and that kind of thing but because i played video games (laughs) i used to have just tapes of like nba jam and serious yeah i I never thought you could even do that oh yeah you could take any tape and and i'll show you and i have some some vhs tapes in the basement and um you could you could just put a piece of tape over it because that was the only like copyright protection they right. had. Right. And uh you could just pop it in a VHS player and hit record and you're good to go. Uh and then um so if I bought like a Maxell tape or something like that, right? Um whenever I had something I really liked, I would always pop that piece off and then write something down on the sticker that you put on it. Uh and then um and then eventually I would wind up taping over it with something else. So uh-huh. I I I I don't know where these tapes are. I probably have them somewhere, but you, now at this point, like it'll be like 10 minutes of NBA jam and then like an hour of like lunar, the silver star story. And it was just, I would just record all like, like the beginning to an end of a game. And like some of those games are like 40 hour games. Right. So I would have like a volume of tapes and then 
going from like learning from like S like the standard play to the long play and stuff like that go, Oh, okay. So if I make these adjustments, I can cram way more footage on this tape. And, uh, I, that part to me was always the thing that I liked, you know, cause when you went to DVDs, I mean, you could have a DVD burner on your, on a computer or something you're, you know, nowadays everything's online, but like, just being able to be like, oh, I'm going to record this thing or I want to do this. Well, you know, you've actually gifted me one of my favorite collections, mm. pieces of collection is the 1992 Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards oh, Okay, uh, <laughs> that you supplied me with. But yeah, and that's actually one of the things that I actively hunt now um, aren't the production VHS <laughs> from the, you know, the different studios. It's stuff that people recorded off of TV because of those commercials and stuff mm-hmm. and just like slice of life things that people didn't think were important to capture and are now gone from my memory. And so like all of this found footage stuff, that's really, really cool. So yeah, if you've got, if you've got uh, movies you recorded off a of TV with the commercials or like old cartoons and stuff, that's like, that's like gold to me. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. Yeah. The commercials, like I love watching that stuff too, but for me, like the main thing with commercials is I love the jingles. Uh-huh. Like that's my favorite part. And <laughs> like, um, I have theme song music and jingles or is that's my jam. And I have, uh, I have like a bunch of like CDs that are just that, uh, back when MP3s were first starting to hit. Um, I had this CD, this port, it was like a CD Walkman or whatever, but it played MP3. So you could just burn an MP3 to the disc instead of, uh, and it was like an MP3 player, right? Instead uh-huh. of like making it an audio track. And so I have like CDs that just have like thousands of like theme songs and like commercial like jingles and stuff like that. Dang. I listen to that. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that's kind of it for, for dead media right now. I've talked, my, talked your ears off about that. Brian, what have you been up to lately? The rules of engagement have changed. If you can't identify the target... You are the target. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I'm really into video games. And recently uh, there's been a couple uh, that have really come out uh, that I've really gotten into. One of them being the new Call of Duty. And I know that's like, you know, it's always the number one selling game of the year or whatever. So that's not really that exciting. I just, uh, I have not been excited about that game for the past couple years. And uh, they are rebooting the Modern Warfare sub-branding for Call of Duty, uh, and I think that they did an excellent job with that game, and uh, it's really cool to look at the choices they made for this game uh, with the reboot of it and to think of where they're going to go into the future with the ending of it. Um, you know, that series, I like playing through the stories of those games, and the last one that came out did not have a story mode in it because apparently it fell apart while they were trying to make it and they didn't have time to fix it. And so uh, they just cut it from the what's game. What's the property? I mean, uh, what's the producer of that one? Uh, Activision, Activision is the is the um, publisher. Uh-huh. And then, uh, so Modern Warfare is developed by Infinity Ward. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> and it this game was really cool because um, the... Infinity Ward was a studio that was created by people that worked on the Medal of Honor series back in the PS1 days. And so, like, if you look at the first Call of Duty, it is very similar to Medal of Honor. Like, even, like, when you're planting, like, a piece of C4 or or dynamite onto, like, a gun, uh, the timer thing is the exact same and stuff like that. And so, um, 
eventually they had a falling out with uh, Activision and the the people that were in charge of that studio and they left to uh, they left to start a new studio and uh, there's all these lawsuits and stuff like that and most of the leads left to to, to join them and they created a uh, new studio called Respawn Entertainment and uh, but the Call of Duty series stayed with Activision, right? And so um, you had a different team making the Infinity Ward versions of those games because they, at this time uh, they have three main studios. Every game has like 10 studios that work on it now. Uh, but they have three main studios. They have Infinity Ward, um, Sledgehammer, and then uh, Treyarch. And the when they started making this game, there were people that left respawn uh-huh. uh, to go back and work on it because they loved the modern warfare, like that series. Cause like infinity ward made call of duty one, two, three. Another game came out after that called world at war. Uh, maybe no, they made one, two and three and then world at war came out and then four came out and that was infinity ward and infinity ward didn't look at world at war as being an actual call of duty game back then. Like they were, there was like a lot of infighting between these different studios. And so like, if you looked at the executable file, like on their, on their computers, like, like, uh, they, it was, it, it just didn't, they didn't acknowledge Treyarch's game that they were making their call of duty game. So a lot of these studios came or people from the studio came back to work on this new modern warfare and it's really cool, like just to see the passion that was put in it. This is like the best Call of Duty that's come out in years. So cool. Um, the multiplayer is really good. They've made a lot of changes to it, a lot of smart changes. So how many hours are you in? At this point, uh, I've probably only put like twenty or something into it. Well, only twenty. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like some of these games, um, I so I like sh- games that I can jump in, play for a small amount of time, and then jump out theoretically. Uh-huh. And if if online matches are short enough. I will play for hours and hours and not realize it because I'm like, you know, each match is like 10, 15 minutes. And so it's like, Oh my, it resets every time. Like, Oh, I'm only been playing for 10, 15 minutes. Gotcha. Uh, but, uh, so that came out and then, um, so I've been excited about that. There's been a couple of other really good games that have recently come out, but, um, a really cool throwback game came out. Uh, and it's basically to capitalize on all the live action remakes this year that Disney's done. Uh, but, um, they put out the Aladdin and Lion King games that came out on the Genesis and the Super Nintendo, uh, respectively. And the um, the cool thing about it is it's like for Lion King, they do the Genesis version, the Super Nintendo version, the Japanese versions of both of those, the Game Boy version, uh, and it's all emulated. And they have uh, the studio. I don't remember if it's the same studio that I'm thinking of. But the the studio that I think made these has done other emulated games also. And there's like a lot of like a lot of things you would see in modern day emulators. Uh, a lot of the features and stuff like, you know, rewind states and save states and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. There's this awesome thing that you can do. And a couple of other I think the same studio has been making these emulated games for modern consoles recently. Uh, but something they do is you can watch the game. Uh, and then just pick it up like, go, uh, okay, I want to play now. And you just pick it up right where. The, cool. Yeah. And so like, that's really neat because you can, I, I beat the game, right. Or like, <laughs> Oh, I remember this game. I always had a tough part here. Like here, let me pick it up real quick and try getting past this part. Cause I always remembered having an issue with that or whatever in the past. Um, and then these games also 
with them being so old, it's cool having like a quick way to rewind, you know, uh, because, you know, the games are really great, but some of the times the collision detection and that kind of thing, like it's hard to land on certain items. Uh, and so it's nice if you miss a jump just to rewind it. I love a good platformer. Mm-hmm. I loved Aladdin. Did, I thought that was one of the best games for the system. What what game did you, or what for system Genesis. did you have it on? You had it on Genesis? Yeah. So, so I was always under the impression that that was what the the one the best one. It had definitely had the best animation between that and Super Nintendo. Uh-huh. Um, it looked more like the cartoon. Also, yeah. uh, they actually had Disney um, Disney animators did all the animation for that game, and so um, so. But apparently, like I was seeing this thing online the other day. And people were saying that the Super Nintendo version was the superior version. Really? And I was Drama. blown away by that. Yeah. Like, it's it's just weird to, you know, back then when games were coming out, you know, this is, gosh, wait, I don't know, 93 maybe? Um, you know, when these games were coming out, it was just video game magazines. It's the only place. Yeah, like, Game Pro you know, that or whatever. Talking to your friends at school and stuff, uh-huh. you know, it wasn't, you didn't see, get to hear like as wide of a take on well it's probably just whatever you had access to you know Mm -hmm. like not everybody had the same game it wasn't like uh you know a a huge release thing like they are now right where everybody's playing simultaneously or multiplayer and so it's whatever you had or whatever your friend had that was probably the one that you had the only exposure to right uh rarely could you see the difference between two different systems It, it was cool too because like there were a lot of games back then especially licensed ones that had the games were two totally different games whether it was super nintendo or genesis mm-hmm. because they had two different studios working yeah. on those versions and stuff like beavis and butthead did you ever play that no so the genesis version of that was like a point and click adventure style game weird it was awesome it was so good and then the super nintendo version was just a side-scrolling platform beat them up yeah it yeah. was weird and so cool um and but it, it's it's just neat to be able to look at that and then you on this collection for aladdin and lion king you know you also have the handheld versions um i don't think the game gear version is on uh, for any of those games is on there but they have the game boy um the original game boy versions of those games it's just neat to look at how those games were developed and uh you know the how they varied on different platforms and that kind of thing so that's really awesome man yeah my name is sarah connor August 29, 1997. It was supposed to be Judgment Day. But I changed the future. Saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you? No. Well, for, uh, for my media consumption, I haven't been playing video games, but I actually did go see a movie this past weekend. That is Terminator Dark Fate. Oh, yeah? You saw it? I did see it. And it's not getting good buzz right now. Oh, is it not? Uh, Well, it's it's underperforming for sure. Oh. It's It had like a... I forget what the budget was. I don't know. Let's say $100 million. And I, it made like 39 That's crazy, especially considering how much trash James Cameron talked about. None of the other... Tra- uh, Transformer. None of the other Terminator movies are, are canon. Only one, two, and now this one. Do you see him talking uh-huh. about this? And I'm surprised people aren't like, yeah! I think it may just be franchise fatigue. Maybe. With all the ones that happened in between that are kind of middling yeah. as far as good. Did, did you watch the other ones? 
Yeah, I've seen Genesis oh. and See, I didn't watch any of those. Really? Yeah. I liked one and two. Terminator three, saw that one. I saw that one, but I only watched it because I want that there was something weird about old young Arnold or something like that. Like the C G in it was really oh, bad yeah. or something. Yeah. Um but this one this one was fun. It was good. I mean if you nowadays if you go to any Terminator and you're expecting to be like have an earth shattering experience you're gonna be disappointed but if you go in there thinking i'm ready to watch a popcorn action flick mm-hmm. that has some familiar fun to it then uh then you'll be pleased and that's what this was um i thought it was a a a, a pretty cool idea um of how what james cameron said without revealing it um you know how they were able to make it so that the new canon was basically the these three films, one, two, and this one. So I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't... Genesis, maybe. I don't remember which... Oh, no, it was three. Dark... Was that Dark Fate? No, the new one's Dark Fate. Oh. Uh, so anyways, part three, they explain Terminators can get old because their skin cells age for the human part, right? That's how they say Arnold's old now, right? Uh-huh. But he's still the same robot. Uh, so did they take that into the new movie? Is that the explanation of how you have an old T-800? Uh, yeah, so it aged. Okay. Uh-huh. So he at least kept that from the ones that he doesn't consider canon anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how I mean, that's how you get Arnold to, to still act. The, but I will say that they did, uh, even though you get to see Arnold uh, and Lyndall Hamilton um, in their current age, uh, they do still do some different scenes where they utilize that... that uh, a computer generation and mm-hmm. you get to see them you know look like they did in that 1984. Magic. i mean it's that stuff is crazy to me um i love the uh the new female leads i thought they were great linda hamilton rocks it and um great blow em ups uh, you know so if you're if you're a terminator fan go check it out don't listen to, to critics don't look at the box office um this is you know it's a big spectacle movie so uh, the action gets going fast and furious, and there's uh, lots of explosions. Go see it on the big screen; it's good. Did you uh, have you seen the pop for the new uh, for the new Terminator? No, it, it's the exoskeleton one or endoskeleton one, I guess. Uh, it is so funny because you know some of the pops like they look weird just because like the proportions or whatever. But this this one looks extremely weird because it's just. A metal skeleton, but with a big head, and so it looks like a like an infant, uh, or like a it's like a little child because his head's so big and he has like just like a skinny robot <laughs> skeleton body. It's so funny looking. That's all I've got going on right now. Uh, I saw that this past weekend. You got anything else going on? Uh, so something that I have been uh, really into recently is um, going back and watching old shows of things, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the old shows that I was looking at were different cartoons growing up. And I think the way that 
uh, I started doing that. As I think I was talking to somebody about some cartoon and they didn't remember it. And it was something, I don't even remember what cartoon it was at the point, but I would thought it was weird because it was something I assumed everybody watched. And so uh, the thing that I've been getting into recently is watching or looking at cartoons that only had one season uh-huh. uh, because um, it's so crazy to me to look at these shows uh, you know, most almost all the cartoons from when I was a kid were basically just advertisements for toys, right? Mm-hmm. And looking at, at these shows, some like some of them I never played with the toys, or I didn't even know that the toys existed. And some of them I'm pretty sure I had toys of, and I never watched the show because uh, I'll see right. something and go, "Oh wait, I had that toy," but yeah. I just never knew that it was a thing. So, um. Yeah, like these these shows and, you know, some of them, some of them are things that uh, <laughs> I had never heard of before. Right. When you when you start looking into into stuff like this. But some of these shows like are if you think of modern day television mm-hmm. and a lot of these seasons of shows, you know, it's like 12 episodes uh, like, well, you, you talked about well, Stranger like, Things. Yeah, it's a miniseries. So yeah. it's. 10 episodes or something like right. that. Uh, but like these, some of these episodes or some of these shows were like 62 episodes for one season. Yeah. And then some of them are like, there was a Chuck Norris, uh, cartoon. I don't, do you remember this? Uh huh. Um, Chuck Norris and the karate commandos, I think is what yeah. it's called. And that was three episodes or five. It oh, was three wow. or five. Uh, cause that was, it was like a, an original, like, it was a miniseries pitch basically and it didn't get picked up but they made toys and stuff for it also yeah they went dedicated on that and yeah it, that's hard to believe it's only five episodes mm-hmm. you know i wrote a article on geek dad about this very topic did you i did uh it was you know i think it was a list of 10 cartoons that deserved more than one season um and i had i had a bunch of good ones on there uh but one that i actually I remembered fondly, but I didn't remember well enough. So I actually bought the DVD set of it. Mm-hmm. Is Jason the Wheeled Warriors? Yes, that one had a great music to it. Mm-hmm. It had a really interesting storyline, very inventive. I forget who the writer was, but uh, it was someone that ended up doing a lot of stuff um, later on in their career too. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've got that whole set. If you want to borrow it and check that out, I might. Um, so the nice thing about these, the reason I like these is. Uh, I and I, we talked about this during the anthology episode, um, but I don't like watching TV shows because it's too much of a commitment. Uh-huh. The nice thing about this is yeah. not the sixty-two episode seasons, but like most of these are only a couple seasons or a couple episodes, and so it's easy to go. Oh, let me watch this thing for a little bit. And yeah. You can find most of these on YouTube. Yeah, so. people. You know, it's a little older now, um, but people for the longest were like, "Oh man, you got to watch The Wire. You got to watch The Wire." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh man." I don't have time for that. <laughs> that's a that's a serious commitment mm-hmm. on time. So yeah, finding uh, these cartoons that are you know when you, without commercials, you know fifteen twenty minutes or something, and then you know they don't have any. Most of them don't have continuity from one to the next. Right. So yeah, you just enjoy what you got. Um, did you have any favorite? Uh, I know you said you wrote that article and I'm not asking what your number one was from that, but because you wrote the article, did you have any favorite ones? Was it Jace and the wheeled warriors? Uh, that was a good one, but the one that I really resonated with 
I probably had to do with the fact that I loved the toys mm-hmm. was Tiger Sharks. Okay. Um, it had the same animation style as Thundercats. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it mixed uh, that style with a little bit of a Transformer aspect to it because these were creatures underwater that had human forms and they transformed into like the aquatic form of dolphins and sharks and uh, you know, walruses. They're animorphs. Like yeah. 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 Um, and then the toys were so cool because they were, they looked, uh, they were the same size as like Thundercats figures. And then you lifted their arms backwards and their head would like flip forward mm. and go into their chest. And another head would come out from the back or vice versa. Um, and they were awesome. And I had them growing up and apparently I'm like one of the few kids that actually had these things growing up because now when you look to try to buy them on ebay like they are so rare that they sell for hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. and of course i don't have them anymore much to my chagrin but i had like the whole set because i love the series and the uh the toys were awesome yeah that jason the real wheeled warriors when i was watching that I, that was one of the ones i was like oh i had some of these toys because uh, i probably just thought they looked cool or whatever and it was uh-huh. mainly like the bad guy ones that yeah. had like the plant the saw boss mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite things about a lot of these shows is the ridiculous name of the bad guy the acronyms that they used for like savage or yeah. <laughs> like it was, and uh i think savage was the rambo one there's like a they did a rambo cartoon that was only uh one season and he fought against savage and they never explained what the acronym stood for <laughs> Yeah, man, they don't make them like they used to anymore. Uh, the um, one of the cartoons I wanted to bring up was, uh, it's it's really neat to know why, like you you find out why things are called what they are based off of like copyright deals or that kind of thing, right? So, um, before the movie Ghostbusters came out, uh, there was a uh, another there was a show. It may have been a movie, but I think it was a show, and it was like a kid's show uh-huh. called Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. And do uh, you know about this? Filmation. Yeah. And so um, so there was a deal that, they, that they'd made for the movie with Bill Murray and them where Filmation got a cut from, from the movie. Oh, wow. It, and um, so when the movie came out and was popular, uh, they made a Ghostbusters cartoon based off the Filmation one and it it was like it took place after the ghostbusters that they did previously it was the kids of the people from mm-hmm. and a gorilla and um, well yeah of course <laughs> and so when the ghostbusters cartoon was coming out they couldn't call it ghostbusters because this other cartoon existed and so that's why they called it the real ghostbusters mm-hmm. and so um it's it's crazy because like I always wondered why it was called the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. I assumed that it had to do with the fact that they looked different, you know, like Egon was blonde and stuff uh-huh. like that. And I was like, it must be something with that. That's why they call it the real Ghostbusters. But it was because there was another cartoon that already existed called Ghostbusters. So, yeah. Uh, and that was one of the one season shows. So, oh, that was only one season. Uh-huh. Oh, the old one. Yeah. The, the original yeah, show because it was bad. Yeah. It was not good. <laughs> And it was everything disappointing that you wanted it to be when you thought you were watching the real Ghostbusters. Filmation had some good, uh, some good shows that they made. Um, so, you know, hit or miss. Yeah. You can't win them all. (laughs) Well, uh, I think that's, uh, going to do it for us for this episode of the show. This little in between episode. Uh, I don't know how often we'll do something like this, but every now and then we'll like to spice it up, do something different. We'll probably be back to our regular format, uh, next episode. We're with you every week. 
uh, try to be with you on the same day. And um, we hope you join us. Give us a shot. Keep on listening and reviewing us on iTunes. Shoot us an email at waybackattackshow at gmail.com or our website, waybackattackshow.com. Um, I'm on social at Squared Stiff. I'm on Twitter at B.E. Grantham. And I really want to emphasize again, I know you, I know you brought it up, but leaving, leaving the uh, reviewing the podcast and leaving a comment really makes a huge difference on how many ear holes that we reach. And it really just helps our egos. So when it's all said and done, thank you guys for listening to the show. We really, really, really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.